welcome to the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, the fortnightly podcast that explores self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels. Join me, your host, Nia Thomas, as we talk to today's Knowing Self, Knowing Others guest. Today I'm joined by Joanna Rowbone and Joanna has an expertise within the area of introverts and as somebody who's an out and out introvert or an in and in introvert, uh, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. Joanna describes her job title as a bias shifter and I'm sure we'll talk about this as, as we go through our conversation today, but shifting the extroversion bias, which is something that's absolutely fascinating. And Joanna also has her own podcast, so The Flourishing Introverts. If you are an introvert like me, it really is well worth listening. I think Joanna's advice, guidance, and words of wisdom uh, in terms of how we introverts can play to our strengths is really, really helpful. But Without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Joanna to introduce herself. Joanna. Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've been so looking forward to this conversation, I must admit. And um, and yeah, bias shifter, because it took me a few decades, actually, to realise that the, the extroversion bias is so embedded in society, in education, in business, and in everyday kind of business practice and processes, it's not kind of something special, that the time has come, if, we're, if people are serious about the DEI agenda, then actually it's time we considered introversion as one of the neurodiversity aspects. And so I reached that point, I'm pretty old, you know, I reached that point where I realised that if not now, when, if not me, who? And fortunately, there are, the, are other people doing similar. So there's a little cadre of us now who are actually starting to whip up some real momentum, I suppose, behind this. But my, my big vision in life is I imagine a world where introverts are valued for their natural gifts and talents and strengths and don't have to pretend in order to fit in and get on. And they have a very lived experience of inclusion. That's my what I imagine and what I dream for the world. What a fascinating thought to think of introversion as one of the newer diversities within an organisation. And yeah, absolutely. That is something to consider. You know, when I'm because I still have I still train and coach corporate clients as well as focusing on um, introverts and enabling them to flourish. And how many times do we talk about, you know, the importance of self-awareness, whether it's as part of emotional intelligence, whether we talk about it as part of how we how we manage our workload and our priorities. And it's all about self-awareness. And what I realized is that for me, it's about seeing as much of myself as is available through an ongoing process. And there are three bits to my ongoing process, which is reflection exploration and feedback they're the three areas for me that really contribute to my enhanced self-awareness and and for me it felt important to talk about to see as an experience as as much of me as available because I know as an introvert I'm not always available for other people if my batteries are drained or for myself actually and that was quite a realization that is fascinating. So you see three different layers to self-awareness. There was reflection. Yeah. Exploration. 
and, and part feedback. of that I include as kind of self-observation almost and mm -hmm. feedback so asking for and being discerning about the feedback so that I understand the parts of me that others see that I don't see in myself because in the past I was particularly poor at taking on feedback graciously especially if it was you know the motivational feedback that we used to call positive back in the day it'd be like oh no it's nothing no it's you know anyone can do that and I've had to really learn to accept that gracefully and embody it and take it in and really really own that do you think there is a relationship between self-awareness and leader effectiveness Absolutely, I do. And I, you probably would have imagined me to say that anyway. Um, and, and I think if leaders ever think they're done, they're complete, I'm the finished article, then there's, you know, they're missing, I think, some really key components. Because there's something for me about where's the humility, especially where's the situational humility. I remember hearing that phrase for the first time in Amy Edmondson's TED talk mm -hmm. when she was talking about teaming and talking about situational humility and the power of a leader who can say, I don't know, I've, I've never experienced this before. So I think that's something that's incredibly important and also their ego and how they're getting in their own way. So I think to understand and to have that feedback about if and how they're getting in their own way and maybe how they're allowing their ego to get in their own way is important. And I think the other thing that comes into play there for me is so many leaders that I have worked with and may still work with almost fall into the delusional category where they're blinkered. They don't see the feedback that people are trying to give them there's almost something about, you know, they've created echo chambers around them so that all they hear is what they want to hear as opposed to what they probably need to hear. Do you think that there is something very definite and very observable in the different ways that introverts and extroverts are able to receive feedback? I don't know that I could split it out as cleanly as kind of introvert and extrovert, partly because there are six different types of introverts. There are six different types of extroverts and many blends. So it's not a fixed, necessarily a fixed thing. So, for example, I'm an open introvert. If you ask me how I'm feeling, I'll probably tell you. So you better mean the question. Okay. Whereas somebody who's a classic introvert, if they're asked how they're feeling, might give a a quick short kind of one word answer so you know we are we are different in terms of how we show up and uh, as introverts so when it comes to feedback I think all of us have some kind of learning process to go through in terms of being able to take on feedback as an adult and I'm using that term in the transactional analysis sense in terms of you know kind of quite data in data out and, and and really kind of taking it on board but the delusional are likely to fob it off would I go as far as to say more extroverts than introverts are delusional I don't know I've never thought about that and it doesn't feel right as I'm saying it but what is interesting I suppose is whether I'm introverted or extroverted can I really hear what's being said? Can I stay present and 
accept it so that I can either work with it. Sometimes I can be discerning with it and say, that's interesting. Don't really recognize it as part of me. I may go in search of other evidence. I think introverts, because they spend so much time in their heads, or I spend so much time in my head as an introvert. I think I'm, I judge myself harder than other people judge me, which probably makes it difficult for me to then accept the motivational feedback, the kind of, you know, what a great job you did or what an impact you're making, whatever. And I suspect that the delusional would lap that up and kind of, <laughs> kind of suck it in, whether introverted or extroverted. So it's not a clean answer to your question. And I apologize for that. But I don't know that I can give you a clean answer anyway. Do you think effective leaders can be found at all levels of organisations? Absolutely. A long time ago, I learnt this, this kind of saying, which is, in order to be a leader, all you need is followers. And I absolutely have witnessed that. I mean, I've now been working in the world of learning and development and coaching since 1987. So I've got decades of experience and I have witnessed some extraordinary leaders at non-managerial levels, mm -hmm. but what they have is the ability to engage people, the ability to take them with them on a journey, whether it's by being able to share a vision or whether it's by by being able to empower people whatever it happens to be so absolutely I think it can be at any level for my money managers ought to be able to lead and I don't use ought very often but I am going to go in this instance so managers ought to be able to lead but leaders don't necessarily need to be managers so yeah for me they they are anywhere within an organization, within a family, within society. They can be everywhere and anywhere. They don't need a title that says leader in order to lead. And, and some people do have that natural, very natural ability, I think, to, to lead. It's interesting you say that about leaders versus managers. I think it was only last week that I was writing something saying exactly the same, that as a manager, there are times when you need to step into leadership, step back to being a manager. But actually, if you are a leader, sometimes you don't do that managing. You just no. do that leading. People getting to grips with that definition um, it is something that we need to think about. We need to talk more about. I agree. I think introverts make very different types of leaders okay so they're unlikely to be the tally-ho lads out the front kind of charging ahead type leaders in my experience they're much more likely to lead from within the pack they're much more likely to be open to people taking different leadership roles as the situation demands so they they're less likely to be that big charismatic leader that sadly we became used to for a few decades and much more likely to be the quiet, influential, calming type leader. So we can be anywhere as a leader, but we will be noticeably different as a leader, too. That's really interesting. And something that I, I talk to people about is sometimes you have to lead from the front and sometimes you have to lead from the back. 
and you've got to know the difference and and I guess self-awareness is is what you need to do one and you need to do the other yeah absolutely and and one will be more comfortable for some and more comfortable for another and some will be a stretch for for each of us think leaders at the most strategic level of organizations have greater self-awareness than leaders at other levels of organizations sadly not tell me more again this is from experience and there are too few who actively seek or give an actionable honest feedback it's back to that echo chamber that they quite often whether it's whether it's deliberately or not, but they create around them. So that echo chamber isn't helpful for them to understand and to raise their own self-awareness, especially if people are, you know, constantly patting them on the back and, you know, you're doing a great job and, and filtering out the messages that are often bubbling up through the organisation, but don't get as far as those strategic leaders because people feel awkward, ashamed, afraid, scared, whatever it happens to be. But often, and I spent 19 years in BT working through the management ranks, and we used to refer to those middle managers as the primeval swamp. Kind of things would disappear into it and never come out from both directions, actually. And I think, unfortunately, that's what happens is that they are protected somehow from the reality sometimes. And also they can build around them that group of of yes people you know maybe due to the affinity bias whatever it happens to be but they're a good chap you know good girl good woman whatever it happens to be they can be on my team and I go back to something that I think Bill Gates said many decades ago which is that he builds around him a team of people who do things better than he does who do the things that he can't do and that's kind of the in direct opposition to that echo chamber that I think many insecure and leaders who lack self-awareness probably build around them something quite different. There is something that makes me think about recruitment when you talk about people who are in echo chambers. Is the recruitment method that we generally use, interview, interview one, interview two, does that tend to make it more difficult for introverts to rise up to the level, the strategic level of organisations? And do you think that there's a, a different way we can be approaching recruitment to allow people with more self-awareness to get up to that level? Yeah, absolutely, there is. And it's something I talked about both in my TEDx talk and on other podcasts as well. Yes, there is lots more that we can do. And my heart, I have to say, my heart sunk the first time I realised that people have interview coaches who coach them how to show up more as as more extroverted in interviews so that they get the job, so that they impress the the panel or whatever. My issue with that, and, and I have many issues with it, but the biggest one probably is that if that is a successful strategy and the person gets the role, then they show up in the workplace and the managers are going to go, well, who's that? That's not who I saw at interview because it's unsustainable. And the reason that we know it's unsustainable is because introverts like me who spent decades being told, push yourself forward, speak up more, do this, be more this. In other words, be more extroverted. 
eventually get to that point of burnout and recognize that actually it's not sustainable. And more than that, our journey through there to burnout gives us that real sense of we're not okay as we are. We're not good enough as we are. We can't be who we really are and be a success in this world, which is a nonsense. A good recruitment panel will have a balance of introverts and extroverts on there because introverts have tend to have that different communication process. We have a, a think, say, think communication process. So when we're asked a question, we honestly want to take the time to reflect on the question, to work out what our true answer is, and then give what is honest for us. Whereas extroverts tend to have this say, think, say. So it's a stream of consciousness that they'll make sense of on the way. So I think it's about acknowledging that if somebody's taking their time to answer, it's not that they don't know. It's not that they're unsure. It's that actually they're giving the question due consideration. And don't we want people to do that? Don't we want people to really reflect? And likewise, in assessment centres, I've heard people talk about, yeah, I marked him down because he only said two things. But what did he say? Why, why are we still marking the quantity of contribution over the quality of contribution? And then, then I've heard organisations say, God, you know, they never stop talking. Well, that's what you looked for on the assessment centre. Right, yeah. A colleague of mine who, who builds assessment centres has now been really diligent about the fact that when there is the group conversation, the group discussion, which there often is, it's closely followed by a reflective exercise where they're asked to write a report about the group conversation. And what they then see is where the introverts really come into their own because they noticed more, they heard more, they assimilated more ideas than the people who were constantly talking. It is about making sure that what we've got here is an equitable process. So we're not just promoting the extroverts, promoting those who are good at self-promotion, promoting those who are good at thinking on their feet. Because sometimes, yeah, we need people to think on their feet. Sometimes we need considered responses. And there's a time and a place for everything. And there are so many leaders in good positions that we don't have to look too far to recognize just how many people make it to the top as an introvert. And then what they do is really create a culture around them that values that calm, that quiet, that considered nature, the people who aren't needy, the, the people who are resourceful, the people who can keep their head down and get into flow and produce some great work. And that's what we need a balance of. Matthew Saeed has written a really interesting book and he talks about cognitive diversity. Absolutely, it. that's where it's at. Do you think effective leaders have more self-awareness than ineffective leaders? But this is a potentially yes answer for oh, okay. me on this one. Okay. Um, because I've also experienced people who have self-awareness. So it's not that they don't have that self-awareness, but that they don't actually still behave from a position of understanding or knowing that. So they may have developed self-awareness, but for whatever reason are still maybe defensive. They still don't have a strong sense of self. Maybe they don't have, um, maybe there's a, an unhealthy ego still at, at play there. 
I think people can be self-aware, but for whatever reason, whether it is the bias in an organization, whether it is some kind of sense of, yes, I know that's who I am and I still need to behave differently or show up differently. So I don't think effective leaders necessarily have greater self-awareness. Yeah, that is fascinating. Definitely something about this idea that people have to show up as somebody else and they maybe they they don't feel that they can be authentic or themselves to be able to lead and can definitely see that there is a link between introversion and extroversion and the extroversion bias that you started off the conversation with absolutely I can see that and I can envisage that as you're talking yeah and and for me also you know self-awareness does not automatically equal a a strong moral compass or ethical behavior Mm -hmm. because people can still be somewhat self-deceptive they can still be um, delusional they know it at one level but you know if especially if they're um, what's the psychopathic thing about and the book about snakes in suits you know for for many of them it's not that they don't know it's that for whatever reason they're choosing not to behave that way they're choosing not to behave in an ethical way. And that was one of the things that really drew me to do the research that I did. It was that question of, do you have self-awareness and you're making a choice to behave mm. this way? Or do you simply not have self-awareness? And mm. I guess that's that enduring question of, do you know when you're choosing or do you not know? And I guess there are people that think about, and maybe they are one thing or the other, depending on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, is this even better? I don't know. To have self-awareness and then choose to behave in a different way, if then maybe that somehow smacks of greater self-awareness, I don't know. But for me, it's less scary than someone having self-awareness and being oblivious to the fact that they're, they're kind of behaving in a I don't know, an unethical way or whatever. The Dunning-Kruger effect is, is what I always come back to is, do I not know? Yes. Which is the Dunning-Kruger? Or do I know when I'm making a choice? Yeah. It's been absolutely wonderful having a conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining me. I will make sure that the link to your podcast and the link to your TEDx talk is in the show notes. So listeners, you are able to click on the links and follow Joanna as she talks to you and tells you a bit more about introversion. Joanna, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me, your host, Nia Thomas, at the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. If you'd like to know more about self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels, please take a look at my website, knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. You can also join me on YouTube, LinkedIn or Twitter. Make sure you bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast and tune into the next episode in two weeks time. I look forward to having you on my learning journey. If you'd like to join me as a guest on the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, please drop me a line at info at knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. If you'd like to advertise your podcast, book or company connected to self-awareness, leader effectiveness or leadership at all levels, please drop me a line at the same email. 
please remember to bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast so that you can keep up to date with all new episodes. Remember to rate this podcast on whichever directory you listen. Knowing Self, Knowing Others is available to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player Ed.